0: everyone. Welcome to the Real Estate Red Zone, brought to you by the Real Estate Center at Texas A&M University. I'm Haley Reeder, Communications Specialist. Today is Wednesday, July 29th, 2020. On this day in 1958, President Dwight D. Eisenhower signed the National Aeronautics and Space Act, which established the National Aeronautics and Space Administration, or NASA, This came in response to the Soviet Union's successful space launches. NASA constructed multiple facilities across the nation. Thanks to the efforts of Texas Congressman Albert Thomas, one of them was a space management, crew training, and flight control center on Clear Lake in southeastern Harris County. The manned space center opened in 1963 and was officially renamed the Lyndon B. Johnson Space Center 10 years later. And now on to today's podcast. The COVID-19 health crisis is unlike any crisis the economy has experienced before. After the virus came to the nation in March, the U.S. and Texas economies underwent self-induced sudden stops to contain and stabilize the spread of the virus and save lives. The size of the economic shock will likely result in losses that overshadow those from the 2008 to 2009 financial crisis. Despite Texas' historically resilient economy, the state was hit harder than most due to a simultaneous downturn in the oil industry. After Texas restrictions began expiring in May, many were eager to see the economy begin to bounce back. However, a surge in new cases starting in mid June slowed down progress. As of July 27, 2020, Texas had over 400,000 confirmed cases of COVID 19. The pandemic has notably affected employment as an estimated 3 million unemployment claims were filed in Texas from March 21st to July 18th. But how has this outbreak affected housing? Joining us today to talk about how the coronavirus pandemic has impacted the Texas housing market is Real Estate Center Chief Economist Dr. Jim Gaines. Thanks for being here.
1: My pleasure.
0: Give a brief overview of the impact the pandemic has had on the Texas economy so far.
1: Well, that's interesting. Uh, it's been very similar here in Texas as to what we've seen pretty much around the whole country. Uh, Texas went into the month of March and then, and then hit the uh, uh, mandated shutdown and shelter in place and so forth about mid, mid-March. Uh, Then then pick that up. And basically, of course, uh, for the next almost 60 days, everything kind of slowed down, went almost to a stop, except essential services. There were there were different activities that were considered essential in different states. Uh, But we 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 went there. We we did our thing. Uh, April and May were. Some of the, some of the statistically, some of the worst months we've had economically in terms of uh, files for claims for unemployment and people dropping out, being laid off or being furloughed or being uh, fired altogether. Uh, companies having to shut their doors for business. They didn't necessarily. We haven't seen yet uh, yet uh, any a number of bankruptcies and so forth because a lot of the businesses were able to take advantage of the uh, uh, Payroll Protection Plan, the PPP program. A lot of the people who were unemployed and filed for unemployment insurance got the additional $600 a week benefit from the federal government, which was a godsend for, for a lot of people. But it, the economy, basically, uh, like everything else, it didn't come to an altogether stop. But it, boy, it sure dropped off of the cliff if we look at all of the graphs and charts some of you have seen in the newspapers and so forth, the restaurants went down to virtually zero, hotel occupancy went down to about 20%, uh, all kinds of things, airlines, uh, nobody went anywhere, uh, exports and imports dropped uh, well over 50%, 60%. Uh, so that, that had an effect, all of this having an effect on the Texas economy. Then you have to remember the economy of Texas got hit with a double whammy because starting actually back in late January, early February, uh, this price of oil started going down when the Saudi Arabians and the Russians decided to have a price war and to to just simply drive the price of oil down. uh, Ostensibly, the announcement was they were trying to go after each other. unofficially and maybe secondarily, they were trying to also affect the U.S. uh, hydraulic fracturing industry, which they have. So Texas got hit, our economy got hit with this double whammy of reduced oil prices and and significantly reduced oil prices, uh, down to the point where in April, for one day, it went down to negative $35. And for the month for a week, rather, it averaged about $3.50. So we're talking about substantial price reduction. The number of active rigs has fallen from about uh, 400 active rigs. I think the, the rig count came out just yesterday is currently running about 103. So so we're, we're looking at the Texas economy absorbing two tremendous blows. First, the, the energy blow which quite frankly, we, we probably could have weathered reasonably well, uh, given what we did back in 2015, 2016. But then on top of it, the pandemic and the, the mandatory close down, and, and basically the state ordered—and when I say state, really the federal government and state government ordered—recession. So we are technically in a recession, US-wise, and in the state of Texas. February was a peak month and is going to historically be shown to be uh, the peak month economically. April and May, uh, May so far has been the bottom month. June showed some recovery as we reopened the state, as the as the governor reopened, and then and then uh, July, July seems to be just sort of puttering along. It, it, as you well know, the the virus has not gone away. In fact. For the last 30 days, Texas has been one of the primary hotspots in the country, and our economy is is showing that as well.
0: What conversations have you had with other center researchers about the pandemic? What are the biggest concerns right now?
1: Well, the biggest concerns right now, and, and kind of following on what I was just talking about with the economy... Our conversations, yes, we're talking regularly. Uh, the researchers we're 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 meeting almost every week and talking about what we're looking at, what we're researching, what we're studying. Uh, we're we, we are keeping track of all of the data as uh, Haley, as you know, because you've been putting it out religiously in recon. In fact, it just came out this afternoon. Uh, Luis Torres, our our economist, uh, puts out a weekly. Economic outlook uh, with a with a leading index that he has developed that I think everybody should know about and, and be looking at. And quite frankly, for the last couple of weeks, has been uh, a little bit on the upturn uh, as as the economy in Texas has been trying to to reopen and uh, and get re- reestablished, if you will. The biggest uh, concern, though, I would say, and the the, the bottom line is. We can't really expect the economy to do that well until or unless we get the virus under control. And it's been, under, it's been extremely high the last three, four, five weeks here in Texas. There does appear to be somewhat of a trend that the rate of increase in, in the number of cases being reported and hospitalizations appears to be uh, coming down, but it's still very, very high. And Until or unless we get that under control, uh, we're, gonna, we're not going to see that much pronounced recovery uh, in, the, in the economy and without, without at least a lot of consternation and a lot of problems. One, one comment I would also make is, of course, we are the real estate center, so our conversations among the researchers uh, centers around or talk, gets around eventually to the real estate markets. And we all are agreed that the housing market has rebounded uh, and held up quite well. Yes, uh, uh, April and May were down months, were negative months, and because of the shut in and the shutdown and the shelter in place, uh, sales volumes declined a great deal. Uh, inventory of listings of properties being offered for sale also declined as sellers decided. Now is not really the right time to be trying to sell a property. I'm also nervous. I'm not sure I want people walking through my house uh, to look at it, uh, offering it for sale. So, so we saw that slowdown in April and May, but June bounced back uh, very strong. Uh, we are expecting July to also be a strong month. Uh, year-over-year numbers are going to be positive uh, for the month-over-month, uh, year-over-year for the month. The year-to-date totals are going to be slightly down, but not as much as one would think. Uh, so the housing market has been remarkably resilient. A lot of pent-up demand uh, that coming out of April and May that came into June, July, may carry over into August. So our sales system uh, series, uh, which typically peaks in June and July, probably going to pick a peak in July and August here. Uh, this year just being pushed forward a little bit. So uh, we're, that's what uh, we're, we're looking at. We're concerned in Texas about the energy market is going to be show some structural changes going forward for the next couple of three years. We're not sure that we've really seen all of the impact from the energy downturn yet uh, that we, we can expect to see. We have seen significant job losses. But we are probably going to see in the, in the next oh, 1 to 12 months a number of companies that will probably announce that they're either going out of business altogether or they're merging or being acquired by bigger companies and that sort of thing. And that's, that, that has not come along yet. The other, the other thing, of course, is small business in Texas is a, is a fundamental part of the economy. All the small businesses... Not only in Texas, but across the United States, a lot of concern about uh, how well these small businesses are going to be able to endure the pandemic. If they're going, they many of them have had to shut their doors, stop operations, clothing stores, hair, uh, beauty salons, gymnasiums, uh, restaurants, of course, uh, all kinds of nature of things and whether or not, some, how many, to what extent, these small businesses uh, will be able to recover at all uh, or, or simply wind up being closed completely.
0: Which Texas metros have been hit the hardest by the pandemic and which metros have come out relatively unscathed, if any?
1: <laughs> well, uh, hard to say, uh, actually... The, the ones that are hit the hardest are, of course, the bigger cities uh, where you have more people, more congestion, more dense, densely uh, populated, dense population. People are closer together. Uh, if you if you look at it across the state, a lot of these smaller communities, smaller towns and smaller counties have registered, uh, you know, one, two, three cases, maybe a handful of uh, virus cases. Where if you look at the more populated counties, naturally you're going to find the great. But but those the the impact seems to have been obviously uh, much heavier on the pandemic side, on the on the uh, in the bigger bigger cities and so forth. This is one of the conundrums that's being faced by the by the leadership of the state of, of how to open and what to reopen and and who's allowed to do what because if you live in one of these smaller towns and a smaller, uh, and when I say smaller, I'm smaller by population uh, size, uh, county where maybe the virus has been almost uh, invisible uh, then maybe the restaurants and the other uh, service companies and so forth, uh, maybe there's no reason to, to not let them reopen at all. Whereas if you're in Dallas or if you're in Austin or if you're in Houston or in San Antonio, uh, reopening where you're going to get a lot more people together in more congested area, uh, you just make people more vulnerable to getting. I'm not a healthcare expert, but that seems to be uh, what's going on. Uh, and we're trying to trying our best to to get the economy going again and get people back to work. Uh, some interesting propositions, of course, is going to be. Uh, How many people have discovered that they can work at home just as well as they can work in an office and maybe be even more productive than they were? Uh, I I know you and I uh, have been working at home. The real estate center, the kind of work that we do uh, lends itself. And so we we really haven't missed the beat, other than the fact that I've missed not seeing everybody at the office on a daily basis.
0: In what ways will the real estate industry have to adapt to deal with the post-coronavirus economy?
1: Well, that's a good, that's a that's a really good question. It, it, really, the adaptation has already started and is already in place. Uh, mm-hmm. The real estate industry adapted very quickly uh, to the virus to do things like uh, completely online uh, home buying and closing. Uh, it's it's not at all unheard of now, uh, today, which unlike six months ago, that you might uh, uh, find the house to, that you're interested in, take a virtual tour, compare it to other houses, talk with a realtor, enter an offer, get the offer accepted, go through the process of, of uh, getting a loan and getting all of the other paperwork accounted for and then have a closing and nobody has ever talked to anybody in person. You can do the whole thing, the whole process uh, online or on the internet uh, or through the mail. <clears throat> Texas is a what it's called a Ron state's remote, remote online notarization. So the title companies are able to actually perform their function of issuing title policies and, and all of the paperwork and have uh, electronic signatures and electronic notification, uh, uh, notarization of all of the papers that are, and documents that are required. So, so we're seeing the industry adapt uh, very quickly to some of that, that's in the housing side. On the commercial side, uh, we're gonna see some adaptation, I'm sure, in the use and, and of space, office space, we're gonna see a lot of change in the retail sector. I can tell you that around the country and, and throughout the state, a lot of the bigger and uh, uh, the more established sh- uh, regional malls, the shopping centers, a lot of them are having substantial problems because so many of the stores that were in the malls had to shut down uh, mm-hmm. by mandate. And, and that creates a lot of problems. If the store doesn't pay its rent, then the the mall owner doesn't pay its mortgage payment. So it's going to and and simply the way the world is working, it has accelerated, of course, the use of e-commerce. So we're buying now something like 15 to 18 percent of everything online, where before it was about eight or nine percent. So it's accelerated that and that doesn't look like it's going to slow down at all. Uh, the industry, the uh, warehouse distribution centers that, that were uh, being built, Amazon being building several here in the state, are, are going to be even more in demand. So we're going to see the industry uh, adapt a lot uh, to this. It's already adapted a fair amount, and it's going to adapt some more uh, as we go forward. One of the problems we got right now, and Haley, I'll share it with you right now. There isn't an economist in the world, including here at the Real Estate Center, but nowhere in the world that really knows exactly how all this is going to work out. We've simply never experienced something like this. We've never had virtually a globally mandated shutdown of an economy. Uh, the U.S. right now is the leading country for cases and the the impact of the virus in terms of the number of people. Uh, infected with the with the virus, the number of deaths. Uh, Europe went through it first, Uh, China, well China went through it first, then Europe went through it, we're going through it, South America, South Africa are going through it, Russia is having problems with it. No one's real sure how this is going to play out. None of the none of the uh, traditional real, real estate or general economic models that we heretofore have used really uh, apply anymore. The the variables are too variable. They're they're different. We're just not sure. I think the next two to six months will be kind of critical in getting us through. We've got to find a, a a, a vaccine or get the pandemic, get the virus under some degree of control, get the number of cases down to whatever we would call an acceptable level that we can all kind of comfortably go back to uh, work, go back to going to entertainment venues. Uh, I've been watching the ball games here at night, uh, the Astros. It's really weird to watch a baseball game with nobody in the stands. It's just weird as the devil. And I've been giving speeches and doing these kind of podcasts, and all I'm doing is sitting here talking to my computer. Right. And, and it, it's really, really a, a, a whole different world that we're looking at right now. And, and what's where it's going. And that's what's making it so difficult for, for me or anybody else that you might talk to, to give you a really good definitive answer of, well, here's what I exactly think is going to happen. No, nah, I can't do it. I, I can tell you what I think might happen, what I hope might happen. Uh, I hope that the housing market is going to come out of this over the next uh, six months, being a, a leader in the economic general economic recovery of the state, uh, home builders are trying to build more houses. The demand is there. The supply is very st- uh, very short right now. We're we're still a, very much a seller's market, high demand, low supply. The home builders would like to build uh, more houses. They're having trouble. They they're having trouble with the health effect on the workforce. Uh, getting people to work that, and keeping them safe and healthy, they're having trouble with delivery, the the, the chip, supply chain disruptions, uh, because it may well be that the lumber is coming in out of Canada and, and you got the transport and so forth. So they're not sure of, of A, can they get it delivered on time? B, how much it's going to cost? So all of these things are right now in this state of flux and variability that makes it kind of hard. But it is coming back. We are trying, and and uh, and hopefully, uh, and and that's all it is right now is hope that we're going to get the, the virus a little bit better under control, not have it have quite as big an impact, as many as many people impacted, as many cases, and of course as many deaths, and get that down under control. And I don't know what control means. I'm I'm saying this and 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 i said a moment ago you know get it down to some level of acceptability from what i understand from the healthcare experts we're never going to get rid of it completely so so i don't know what really constitutes acceptability or control but nevertheless if we can theorize that then 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 we have a much better uh, ability to get the economy rolling again
0: well thanks again for coming on sure haley thanks again jim We've included a link to Jim's latest articles on our podcast webpage and in the YouTube description box. You'll also find a link to a list of other podcasts he has been featured in. For more coronavirus related information, check out the Center's Weekly Economic Indicator. This tool can help forecast changes in the Texas economy resulting from the COVID 19 pandemic. We've included a link to that publication. And don't forget to subscribe to email notifications so you always know when the indicator is updated. We've also included a link to the Center's latest COVID-19-related news items. You could read those items in our News Talk Texas database, as well as in Recon, our bi-weekly newsletter. Sign up for free at the link below. For more from the Real Estate Center, check out our research library. It includes a wide variety of economic reports and real estate articles. Our latest topics include representative interest rates for Texas mortgagees, the border economy, housing affordability, quarterly commercial and apartment data, and more. We've included a link to the research library on our podcast webpage. That's going to be it for today's podcast. If you want more from the Real Estate Center, head to our website, That's www.recenter.tamu.edu. There, you'll find the latest data, research articles, blogs, news, and more. To stay up to date on when articles are published on our website, follow the Real Estate Center on social media. You can find us with the handle at recentertx on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. For more podcasts like these, you can subscribe on iTunes or to our YouTube channel. All podcasts are also available for free on our website. Thanks for joining us today in the Real Estate Red Zone, brought to you by the Real Estate Center in College Station, Texas, where we've been helping Texans make the best real estate decisions since 1971. This is Haley Reader, and I'll see you next time. Stay safe out there. Bye.